This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome to the Richard Blackbee Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host. And joining us today is Dr. Richard Blackbee. Well, and happy almost New Year, Sam. Happy almost New Year. That you're. <laughs> this is coming out the day after Christmas. And so hopefully uh, all of our listeners got everything that they asked Santa for. And not just what they deserved. And not just what they deserved. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, we, we hope you you all listening have had a, uh, a restful and, and joyous uh, holiday season. And uh, as we prepare to take on a new year, uh, Richard, what do you have for us? today. Well, Sam, we usually, the last uh, podcast or the one closest to the new year, we always uh, like to take a bit of time to reflect. And uh, we, we, we realize that uh, New Year's resolutions are in somewhat uh, low esteem uh, by a lot of people. But I do think that as Christians, we should be reflective. Uh, Christians ought to be reflective people who take time yeah. to look at God's Word and reflect upon what it says. And they also take time to reflect on their own life and say, uh, is what I find in the Bible something I'm also finding in my life? Or am I somewhere falling short still? And uh, what a, And I, I just always feel it's a good time, certainly at the beginning of each year, to say, what adjustments do I need to make? So that this is the, the finest year, the most fruitful year, the most joyful year that I've had yet. Um, and sometimes we're just one or two adjustments away uh, from the best life we've ever had. And so, um, and we're, we're, in a, we're immersed in a world of deception, of falsehood, of temptation, of distraction. And so it's not easy, it's not difficult to get uh, off course in some way, and maybe just a little bit off course. But that's enough uh, to, to miss out on some things that God has. And so uh, I want to look at uh, just a passage for a moment and just apply it to us a little bit as we're, as we're approaching a new year. And I, I feel like um, until you are exactly like Jesus in every thought and action, behavior, uh, then you still have some adjustments you could make. And so mm-hmm. the question is not, are there adjustments that you that you should make for the new year? But what are those adjustments going to be? Yeah. And I think anyone who has reflected very long at all should have at least a handful of things that they feel like uh, God wants them to adjust. And again, sometimes it's just a tweak. Don't don't ever minimize a tweak. Uh, a tweak that you live out for the next twenty years uh, can be pretty significant. So, yeah. uh, but there's an interesting passage in Luke 19, <clears throat> verse 41. And uh, it says, as he, meaning Jesus, approached and saw the city, he wept for it, saying, if you knew this day what would bring peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. For the days will come on you when your enemies will build a barricade around you, surround you, and hem you in on every side. They will crush you and your children among you to the ground, and they will not leave one stone on another in your midst, because you did not recognize the time when God visited you. Hmm. My dad preached a powerful sermon one time on that, just uh, just sort of helping us understand that uh, these Israelites, uh, they knew they had problems. I mean, the, the Roman legions occupied their land. They didn't have their own king. Uh, 
they didn't have independence. Uh, They had to follow the rules of Gentiles, of foreigners, and uh, to be oppressed. And it was humiliating to live that way, to to live as a defeated, uh, ridiculed kind of people. Uh, And and yet they seemed powerless to be able to change the situation. And so they prayed. Uh, And pious Jews might pray every day, maybe multiple times a day, for God to send deliverance, for God to help them. Um, and, uh, and, and then God does send help. And of course, for, I mean, Isaiah had anticipated this some 700 or more years earlier, and he'd never seen it. Uh, and people had longed for the day God would send a deliverer, a Messiah, and they had lived their whole lives and still were hundreds of years away from God's answer. But this generation, God's answer actually came and was walking among them, and he was doing miracles and teaching great truths of God. And you would you would think that these people would have thought, well, how fortunate are we? Our great great grandparents longed for this day, and they never saw it. But but we we're alive today when God's answer has come. But then tragically, Jesus said, "But you didn't recognize the time of your visitation," um, and that that has always been a very a powerful word to me. What if God actually sent an answer to my greatest problems, but I didn't recognize his answer when it came? And so what Jesus was saying is, uh, because you didn't recognize when God was sending deliverance, when God was sending his answer, uh, you're going to experience, it's not that you're just going to miss out, You're, you're going to suffer terribly. And Jesus begins to describe what it will be like when the Roman legions surround Jerusalem and hem them in on every side and then tear down the walls and ultimately tear down the temple. And uh, thousands of people are going to be cut down. Uh, The streets will literally flow with blood. Uh, And all that because they didn't recognize when God visited them. And so, of course, when you read that, you think to yourself, um, well, could could that happen to me? Could I be so careless or spiritually blind that, uh, that God actually sends answers to my problem, but uh, I miss it? I, I don't recognize, well, this is God trying to address my problem. Of course, the, the Jewish people, because in 30, 33 or so AD, actually crucified God's answer to them, put him on a cross, got rid of him. Didn't even want to have him around them. Uh, and he was the very answer that they had prayed for. Uh, then from 30, you know, 3 AD, Jesus is, is crucified or, or so, somewhere in there or thir- around that time. And then by 70 AD, uh, Jerusalem is conquered, the temple is destroyed. And from 70 AD until 1948, uh, the Jewish people are banned in large part, from even occupying uh, their own country, their own land. 2,000 years of suffering, banishment, uh, culminating in the Holocaust during World War II. Uh, and, 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 of course, Jesus would understand all that lay ahead for these people, how, how awful it would be. 2,000 years of suffering, exile, deprivation, humiliation, and Jesus is saying, but God's answer was standing right in front of you, and but you didn't recognize it. 
and I think that's why, clearly, why Jesus wept, because he knew what was coming. Mm. He knew what was coming and how costly it was not to recognize God's answer. And so uh, my, my question would be, how does that happen uh, where we, perhaps we have, and, and maybe we have some chronic issues in our life, maybe some things we've struggled with uh, for some time. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll never forget uh, trying to help someone one time. He was a minister, but he just had a lot of, um, he just had a lot of insecurities in his life that caused him uh, to uh, view people as enemies of his. And he was the kind of person that just saw everything as black and white. You're, you're for me or you're against me. And um, because of that, he had a lot of people that he thought were against him. And, and because he thought they were against him, he was against them. And, yeah. and so sure enough, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, there were just all kinds of broken relationships in this person's life, just a, an unusual number of broken relationships. And, uh, and I remember one time I had the opportunity, I, I could see clearly, I, I was, uh, I'd kind of gotten to know him and had, had watched uh, what was happening in his life, and it was just became very clear to me. Uh, I'd prayed for this guy, uh, and it was just, I just watched how he treated people. And it was, you know, if you, if you treat people uh, harshly, you're going to start getting people treating you harshly back. And, yeah. and, it, and it just would happen. And I just thought, now here's a person who loves God, is trying to serve God, but there are just some chronic issues in this person's life that unless uh, he lets God set him free from that, he's going to suffer his whole ministry, his whole life. And, uh, and so I, I had an opportunity one time to sit down with him. And I... Not like I'm the Messiah, but I, I felt like God wanted him to have an opportunity to have someone who would care for him, would speak truth to him, would uh, walk with him, be patient with him. And so I, I offered basically as, as lovingly as I possibly could uh, to, and said, listen, I just feel like God wants me to, to walk with you and to help you, encourage you, and just help you to see some things you're doing that if you could just address some of these issues in your life, I think you'd have so much more fruitful, joyful, blessed ministry. Um, and I remember at the time, he, this this person kind of was on the fence. Like there was a part of him that there were moments of candor where it was like he sort of recognized, well, this may well be what uh, exactly what I need. But uh, But he went away. I think I talked with his uh, wife about it, and the next thing I knew, this person really didn't want, didn't he wasn't interested. And it wasn't like I needed more work to do. This this would have been kind of a side project for me. Yeah. Uh, but um, but I I just had this heavy heart because I just sensed what this guy needed was a mature Christian that would just intentionally walk alongside him and help him address some issues. Um, but he, he just, he didn't want that. That would have been, uh, for someone that was kind of wired to be insecure a little bit, uh, that would have just been too humiliating. And so he went off and, uh, and then continued to experience a lot of what I knew that he would. But, uh, and I've just seen this over the years. I remember a pastor that, uh, was a nice guy, but he, he was just absolutely irresponsible with his finances and, uh, just would spend, 
uh, his credit cards to the hilt and buy things that he couldn't afford. And then he was always trying to sort of stave off different creditors and bill collectors, and his church would find out about it, and it was embarrassing that the pastor was in such debt. And I remember at one point the church actually tried to, like, give him some extra money just to help him pay down his debts and just had a strong talking to him about, look, you, you can't keep living this way, and he promised to do better, and uh, but he didn't. And uh, before very long, he was in the very same condition he'd been in before and the, the, the church had to fire him and um, and he ultimately ended up out of the ministry and he had a lot of talents and he was a nice person a very likable person but uh, but he had this chronic issue and at one point his church very graciously had actually given him extra money to pay off debts that he had incurred himself um, and said we will help you get a financial advisor we'll walk with you, we'll, we'll help you kind of get things in order. And it was a marvelous opportunity for this person to uh, uh, finally just address issues that were going to just chronically cripple him. Uh, but he, he, he missed that opportunity. Uh, and, and I almost feel like you could just hear Jesus the same way, just saying, if you'd only known, if you'd only known. Yeah. Um, I came, I, I, I moved in your church people's lives to forgive you, to be gracious to you, to walk with you, but you, you didn't take the opportunity. Um, I knew another pastor that was just chronically lazy, basically, uh, just was not very motivated. Uh, and, uh, and so he, he was always kind of doing much, much less than um, than his church needed him to, that he should have been doing. There were times he just didn't feel like he just couldn't, couldn't get a sermon together that week. And uh, Lord knows what he was doing with his time because he wasn't spending a lot of time ministering in other areas. And uh, there were times he literally would just tell his wife, you're going to have to come up with a talk this week because just, just, I've just come up empty this week. And... Uh, and again, I knew some people, mature Christians and pastors, who came alongside him and said, uh, "Hey, listen, you, you you're, you're never going to have a long, um, fruitful ministry if you don't buckle down and discipline yourself and get the work done." And uh, but he he didn't he didn't want that help. He didn't want anyone telling him what to do. And uh, so he left the ministry and um, and. He sat on the sidelines for years, uh, wanting to have a say, have an influence, have a ministry, but just absolutely unwilling to receive the help that uh, was was available to them. And uh, at one point, I think even my dad had come alongside this particular person and tried to help him and walk with him. And you, you've got Henry Blackaby in his prime offering to walk with you, but he still that wasn't he that he wasn't interested and. And I, I've often thought to myself, you know, if I spend my whole life less than the man of God that God intended to make me, and I get to the end of my life and fall far short of what God might have done, uh, wouldn't it be devastating if Jesus would have said, but I came and I provided you an answer and I provided mm -hmm. resources and I had people that would have helped you and they would have addressed the truth of the situation and prayed for you and encouraged you and held you accountable until you were set free from that. But you were offended. Your pride was hurt that someone would even suggest that they could help you, that they somehow knew something that you didn't know. 
And so instead of receiving and embracing the help, uh, you rejected it, you cut off the friendship. And Jesus might say, had you only known, had you only known uh, that everything that you needed uh, to be set free was provided to you, but, uh, but you rejected it. You didn't see it as help. You saw it as condemnation and criticism. And so instead, uh, your ministry was never what it could have been. Your, your marriage suffered. Your kids, instead of your kids growing up in, a, in the home of a, a fruitful, successful leader, uh, they grew up in the home of someone that was constantly struggling. Um, and so I, I think, you know, there's uh, maybe we would just stop there for a break, but just say um, what a devastating thing. Uh, to, and maybe just as you get to each year in to say, you know what, there were some issues I had going into this year, and I still have all those issues at the end of the year. Uh, I wonder if God actually has provided uh, some answers for me, but I, at this point mm-hmm. at least, I've not even recognized the time of his visitation. Mm. Mm. Well, let's take a quick break. Mark your calendars for May 15th to 17th, 2024. Richard is going to be at the Cove at the Billy Graham Training Center uh, outside of Asheville, North Carolina. The seminar is going to be on the ways of God, and you can register at thecove.org. We'll leave links for that in the show notes. I will say, if you do sign up for um, the Ways of God conference in May, uh, do let us know because uh, Richard would love to hear from you. Uh, He's not able to necessarily eat with everyone, uh, but if you give us enough uh, heads up that you're going to be coming and would love to have a a meal uh, with Richard, uh, we will definitely uh, do our best uh, to get you on the list and uh, at least be able to share one meal with Richard. So we hope to see you at the Billy Graham Training Center uh, in May. Links to all that will be in the show notes. Well, that is uh, just a devastating passage and, and devastating to think about uh, applying that even to our own lives and saying, how you know, where has the Lord Jesus come to us and said, I've, I've provided an answer, but you were too busy to see it or somehow blind uh, to the answer that I provided for very real problems that you have. Um, and so maybe in just the, the last few minutes we have, Richard, uh, what are some, some other insights uh, from this passage that we can take with us into the new year? Well, I, we've been looking, Sam, uh, I, particularly I've been trying to focus at more chronic issues. Not We all have tweaks we can do yeah. all the time, you know, smaller things. But but I think for a lot of people, there are some chronic things. It could be uh, insecurity, could be a huge one. And because we're insecure, we just can't, we have a hard time admitting that we have a need uh, mm-hmm. or we have a problem. We have a hard time asking for help, acknowledging to others our shortcomings. Uh, humbling ourselves and seeking counsel, advice, and so because of that, we uh, we're, we suffer the consequences of being an insecure leader for all of our, our all of our lives. Uh, or maybe we just have some chronic anger issues, and I've I've seen that a lot with people that just have this low burn, low grade sort of anger that's always just below the surface and uh, can erupt. Uh, at the most awkward times, and they know that they've got an issue with anger. They keep thinking to themselves, well, I'll just try harder. I'll be better at it. I'm going to make a new commitment to not lose my temper, but then but then that's never enough. Uh, maybe it's unforgiveness, and they, 
they just have some real bitterness in their heart. And uh, I, you know, I think I shared a little while ago, I was talking to someone and this, this person, they really had some real uh, strong feelings about uh, revival and seeing revival come to the church. But, uh, but, but then uh, they were talking to me about it. And I just, I, I pointed out that they had some unforgiving. They, they, I mean, very forthrightly said that there were some people that they just would not forgive uh, for how they had treated them. And when I said, well, how, how do you think you can be used to bring revival to others if you aren't even obeying what God said about forgiveness yourself? And mm. that made the person angry. <laughs> like they got very defensive, very angry uh, about me even suggesting that they needed to get right with a, a brother in Christ, but uh, but then they wanted to help churches get right with God, and uh, and so I've seen where uh, there's there's these sort of ongoing issues year by year uh, where we struggle, and uh, and so I would say sometimes we can feel as if uh, well <laughs> just impossible. I've struggled with this for years. I. I've tried to do better. Uh, it, it's never really worked. It never lasts. And so I, I've, I've had people literally say, I guess when I get to heaven, I'll finally be set free from this issue, this this burden, this struggle I've had. Hmm. Uh, and uh, and I would say, well, um, but, but I think if you would open your spiritual eyes, you might just recognize that God has sent a deliverer to you as well. A savior to save you from some issues that has hurt your marriage, it's hurt your relationship with your kids, hurt your relationship with people you lead, um, but you just didn't recognize it as such. And and sometimes you know God will speak to us and uh, um, and and we'll feel this uh, sense in which God's speaking to us about that issue, and and maybe. Maybe in this past year, uh, God really convicted you at a certain point about a change that needed to be made. And uh, maybe you you walked the aisle. You went to the, the front of the church and prayed about it, or you talked to the pastor or someone about it, or maybe in a quiet time, you just cried out to God for deliverance for this. And in that moment, God was working. God was drawing near. God was offering uh, his help, his assistance uh, to your life. But instead of staying with it, instead of taking action. Uh, you know, sometimes when God really convicts you about maybe a, an addiction to pornography or, or to alcohol or some addiction of some kind that's, that's uh, harming your relationships, it's harming your walk with God, uh, and we can feel really convicted about it. Uh, and God is basically what that, that can mean is that God is drawing near right then and saying, I'm I'm not here just to make you feel guilty. I'm here to set you free. So I've got your attention. I've, I'm speaking to you, and you're feeling convicted, but, but you've got to take the next step now. And what happens, especially, I think, sometimes to guys, uh, is that we, we say, okay, I, I know I need to do better there, but I'll just, I'm going to do it myself. I'm just going to work on it myself. And I don't need to get into an accountability group. I don't need to have some person holding me accountable I don't need to ask people to be praying for this. Uh, I'll just, I'll just kind of handle it discreetly myself. And uh, and oftentimes that's just a, a lie, a deception. That I mean, if we could handle it ourselves, it we would have handled it a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but we 
fool ourselves into thinking, well, I'll just try a little harder this year. And where the truth is, God might have provided a counselor that we could have gone to that would have helped us sort out some of the mess, or maybe a leadership coach, or maybe just a prayer partner that just would meet with us each week and very specifically encourage us, hold us accountable. But instead of that kind of tedious action that required uh, to be set free, we thought, well, I don't want to get all in the muck and the mire of that. I don't need to include anyone else. Uh, and so we, we, we walked away. And what, what I find is, of course, like with Jesus' story here in Luke 19, Jesus wasn't going to just be there forever, right? Like he came in a, a certain period of maybe three, three and a half years walking on the earth in his public ministry, and then he was gone. And of course, the, the Spirit's going to come and so on. But, but as the Messiah himself in flesh and blood, there was a limited opportunity uh, to respond to him in that way. And, uh, and then that time was gone. And, uh, and, and of course, in, in the Spirit would come, the church would be born, there'd be other opportunities for a while. But at one point, when the Roman legion surrounded the city of, of Jerusalem, the time to escape was gone. The time uh, to make significant changes was over. And now you, you're going to reap the consequences because you failed to recognize the time of God's visitation. And so uh, that's a very sobering thing. And I, I've known some people that got to a, a point in their life and they realized now it's too late. Uh, and uh, I, I remember, I'll never forget one time speaking at a meeting and uh, afterward, there was someone, there was an altar call, but one person, one pastor was just wailing. I mean, I, you just never heard wailing like this, just weeping. And I mean, everybody in the whole auditorium could tell that this somebody was just absolutely uh, devastated. Uh, and I, you, know, I, you couldn't miss it. And uh, mm -hmm. finally, this guy, I, I talked with him afterward, and basically, he was a guy that was a very go-getter pastor, trying to really grow his church and make a name for himself. And his wife kept telling him, you're neglecting your family, you're ne neglecting your kids, you got to give us some time, uh, you can't just give every moment of your waking hours to your work and your church. And he would make promises, and the and the and the, the, his wife would say, I think we need to get to some counseling and he would say, "We don't. I'm a pastor. I don't need counseling. I know what to do. I just need to uh, do a better job of it, and I, we can handle this." And uh, and just that week, he his wife basically had said, to, "In essence, I've given up. Uh, I've I've tried, tried. I've pled with you. You keep making empty promises, and now I'm moving out." And uh, and this guy realized he'd, he'd waited too long. Hmm. And uh, I don't know how that ever turned out. I, there some folks who lived in the area were going to walk with this man, but uh, hopefully it wasn't too late for him. But, uh, but he'd waited too long, and now there were going to be some repercussions. And, and Jesus knows that. And, and Jesus knows that it's going to cost us every time we miss uh, his his invitation, his visitation to us. And so when the Spirit of God draws near to us and begins to convict us about some things, um, you can't just blow him off. Like, there will be consequences for that. And and God knows what those are. And, and, uh, and I think Jesus sometimes weeps even to this day because he knows 
I could have set them free. I could have given them victory. But um, when I came and visited them, when I came offering to make changes in their life, they said, no thanks, I, I've got this covered. Uh, I, I think I'm good. And Jesus, as he watches that, says, oh, if they'd only known that this was their last great opportunity to change, turn things around before there was significant damage and harm done. But, uh, but they, they didn't recognize how critical the hour was, how, how crucial it was that they make changes now. And so as we, as we approach a new year, there's always the tweaks that we can do. But I would just kind of lift before our listeners and say, are there some ongoing issues that you've faced for a while that have been eating your lunch for years? And you know full well this has been an issue, this has been a struggle. And you're kind of already bracing yourself just to go through another year of struggle, just like you have the last several years. And, uh, and maybe God is just saying, even in this podcast to you, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm visiting you one more time. I'm, I'm drawing to your attention the same issue one more time. You can't keep blowing it off and saying, I'll get to it eventually, or I'll, this, I'll try harder this year. Um, at some point, you've got to recognize, no, God is coming and saying, let me uh, set you free. Let me show you what needs to happen. And let me take over so that you can finally have a, a, a convincing victory in this area of your life. Uh, let, put your pride aside, put your insecurity aside, and just let me do what I've longed to do in your life uh, for so long. And uh, maybe this year is the year you do recognize when God visits you and invites you and says, do you want to be set free once and for all? Mm. Uh, then do things my way. And, uh, and, and I'll tell you what, if you might even make that commitment in prayer uh, as you start this year, uh, and then just walk with God as, as he guides you, uh, if God does truly indeed give you some victory, uh, send us a note, send a note to the podcast, yeah. uh, email and tell us how, uh, tell us the good news. Let us celebrate with you. Uh, you know what? I struggled for years in this area and it may even seem like a small thing to others, but it was just wearing away at me. And, uh, this year God just showed me what needed to take place, what I needed to do so that I didn't have to have another year of frustration and futility again. And we would love to hear your story and celebrate with you. Absolutely. Uh, the awesome thing that God does. Great. Well, thank you so much, Richard. And uh, we are wishing all of our listeners a very happy new year and victory in this year ahead. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners, so email us at podcast at blackv.org.